Support for the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze from Table and Vine, the New England destination for wine, spirits, and beer, including microbrews on Riverdale Street in West Springfield, Massachusetts, less than half an hour from Hartford, tableandvine.com. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Alex Levine who said, Only Irish coffee provides in a single glass all four essential food groups, alcohol, caffeine, sugar, and fat. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in one bite, two bites, or oops, I ate the whole thing. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to have a good time. Here's what we have coming your way. Gina Barreca is here. She is author of If You Lean In, Will Men Just Look Down Your Blouse? There are food essays in this book. We also have some gift wines. If somebody's birthday is coming, a graduation, Mother's Day, we have Barbara Pearson from White Flower Farm who's going to be talking with us about fruits and vegetables and herbs to grow this season, Mother's Day stuff. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast, Alex Province, the wine broker, and Gina Barek is here as our special guest. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let's start with the Italy trip that I'm leading. I wanted to let people know, because I am excited about this, I am going to lead a food and wine lovers trip to Italy the week of September 19th. I think it's eight days. And if you'd like to get on our information list to get a taste of the remarkable experiences we're going to have, I'm about to give you an email contact. It's also on our site. We're going to go to the Piemonte region of Italy. It is spectacular to see. It's part of Italy where they're still making the real thing when it comes to food and wine. And I say this because Italians themselves travel there from other regions in the country to eat and explore the villages, the architecture, the museums, the vistas, the coastline, as we are going to do. We've teamed up with a family from the Piemonte region, Connecticut business owners who created the Carla's Pasta Line, and because they know Piemonte so intimately, I have asked them to curate this trip with me. So wineries are going to host us. Our hotel will have a spa. There will be music and meals, including truffles and handcrafted pastas to swoon over, plus unforgettable scenery. And I think this is the key point. Our trips are the most fun because the chefs and wineries know that we're going to be reporting afterward on our experiences with them. So they knock themselves out. If you'd like to come with me, the Squatrito family, and now WNPR CPTV President and CEO Jerry Franklin for this eight-day food and wine tour through the Piemonte region of Italy starting this September 19th. Please add your name to our information update list at this address, J. Moore. The initial J-M-O-O-R-E, Moore at cpbn.org. We'll tell you all about what we're planning as it unfolds, including prices and destinations. And if you forget that contact, you can always find our post on our site. We have it as part of our slideshow at foodschmooze.org. 
Sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. Am I going? Come I'm on. doing the fly. Come on, You're doing along. the fly? Yeah. I'll meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. I know. It's I really I just cannot wait. It sounds I, I've like I've been to right? this region before and it is absolutely Beautiful. the most spectacular region. It's real. It's gorgeous. It Food, has everything. Wine, culture, right? People, yeah. people, people, the right kind of people. How many people do you expect to get? What's so that? we have a limit. The top number would be thirty. Uh-huh. But we have a lower limit too, and so we're trying to figure mm-hmm. all that out. We're in that's the process. Great. That's so people will really get you. to know each other on the trip. You'll yeah, make a real is Italian. She yeah. knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> eat, eat. I know. <laughs> um, that is what it's like at Gina's house. Just, um, so we've got these two gift wines coming up. Normally our price point is we try to stay $20 and under. These are a little bit more expensive than that because people have started to ask us about host wines or gift wines where it's some special occasion for somebody. You're going to dinner. You know that for you and the person you're going with, you want to say thank you for your generosity and plus trust the wine. And so we have found two really quite beautiful wines around the $30 zone, and they're both whites, or we're going to tell you about those. One's from France, and the other is from Germany, so kind of exciting. And they're both available in our region, so good for all that. We're going to tell you about a martini competition, which is, oh, com- yeah. which is coming. Days? How many days? And, um, <laughs> I, I'm excited about the uh, vegetable and fruit and fruit trees, yeah. uh, that kind of growing with White Flower Farm, oh, with yeah. Barbara Pearson Ooh, coming our way. So here it is. Gina Barek, our special guest, is with a special guest on the food schmooze. Gina normally doesn't appear on the food schmooze up to now, but we're about to make her a regular. <laughs> She's also written this uh, book of essays called If You Lean In, Will Men Just Look Down Your Blouse? And it is a book of essays that cruise through, as I say online, every imaginable topic. And we love Gina on this show because <laughs> she is so smart, such a beautiful writer, so wicked in her presentation. <laughs> so it's just the most fun. And Chris can I, had can this I answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> no. can, I, can I answer the question? Wait, wait. <laughs> so Chris, tell me what happened in the kitchen with your staff when you said the name of this book. When you sent out an email for us to, to see what the show was going to be, the title was that title. So I put it on the big screen, the email, not because I wanted anyone to see it. I was just checking my email and I do it in the kitchen on this big screen that we have in the kitchen. So uh-huh. I put up the email and your heading on the email was the title of the book. So I got a phone call. I left the room. I came back in and there was like this half circle of employees standing in front of the big screen and they're like, oh, I want to read that. I want to read that. And everyone's like, the answer is yes. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it's really fascinating because when so the book has just come out for about a week now, it's brand new. It's just released. And every man says exactly the same thing. It's like at the car show where every guy goes up to the woman next to the car and says, do you come with the car? And that woman working at the car show said, for three days, men come up and say, do you come with the car? Every man says, the answer is yes. It's astonishing. And women, it's women. Straight men. No, what I, I mean, not always. <laughs> Everybody thinks they're witty. <laughs> it's really what, what do women say? Women said, oh, my God. You mean like in Sheryl Sandberg when they say you lean in and they don't understand that if you lean in, men will just look down your butt? I mean, that's what it's is about. Is that where that came from? That's where it came from. It's oh. because Sheryl Sandberg's book is really all about how you're supposed to make yourself available to the world. And unless you're like Sandberg and went to Harvard and had Larry Summers as your thesis advisor who then made you immediately like the top of the Treasury Department, the rest of us is 
doesn't have to work our way through life. And so a lot of women, if they say, I need to leave, you know, I need to go home early, I need to leave work, they're told not to come back to work the next day. And it was a friend of mine, it was a taxi dispatcher. And I was talking with her about the Lean In book. And she said, if I lean in, men just look down my blouse. And I thought that's the title to the book. But I put in a, a food essay just for Faith, just for the food story. <laughs> Huh. And Faith is, of course, thanked in the acknowledgments of the book, and the food schmooze is mentioned. Not why on. <laughs> this is not why Gina's is on the show. Oh, I think we, connections mean everything. <laughs> we were talking about that so, earlier. So what's the difference between a blouse and a shirt? That's really not the point of the book, but it really is. Acquiring minds want to know. Exactly. I, I think it has something to do with buttons. It's yeah. okay. If, if I want to I add, though, for, for the women in my staff, because I was wondering what their response was going to be, and you know what their response was? Of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. in other words, they oh. weren't looking at it from the other perspective, right? They were looking at it, of course, if I lean over, everyone's going to look. Right. But the point, <laughs> the point about leaning in here is not a literal leaning in. What Sheryl Sandberg is talking about <laughs> is the idea of trying to make connections between people. And so if we're just going to do one level of it, that's really, we got the funny part. We really got the funny part nailed. The essay that I'm zeroed in on is called A Good Eater's Guide to Actual Food. And... I want to get into that with you because tell me what you're trying to get at for well, people who haven't read this yet. I think that because food has become a sort of a new religion, right, where we used to talk about whether we were good or bad. I mean, I have students who come into my office at the University of Connecticut, and they're like, I was bad today. And I said, well, you know, what do you mean? What do you mean you were bad today? And they said, no, I ate a brownie. And it's like, honey, that's not bad. That was like answering an appetite. That's fine. And I feel like a confessor where people would come in for absolution. And now we ask, it's like, I ate butter. And now butter is good. But for years, butter was bad. And we had to have olive oil. And now we have to do certain kinds of olive oil. It was like how many kind of angels could dance on a pin. Do you think that that is getting at fear? So much in our media is aimed at the tension of fear and how that kind of provocation it keeps people reading, looking, investigating. And I'm not sure if the writers and editors are conscious of it or it's just something they know internally that they have to do to keep eyeballs on whatever site or page they have. I don't know. But it's all fear-based. Yeah, a lot of it is. I mean, for years we were told we couldn't eat eggs. Now we're supposed to eat eggs. I mean, the egg will kill you. The egg will save you. But it really is like different gods. We have different kale will now will save your soul. It will give you new bone structure. It will give you a new eyeball. I mean, it's actually it's just a green. It used to be something that was put under other real food. And now it's become our obsession. So I just really think that the interesting part about looking at different foods or what the obsessions are. But the answer to whatever makes food better is butter. That is the that answer. Is, I really think. The and, and the only kind of really happy foods that comfort us are foods that can be scooped, like macaroni and cheese, potato salad, ice cream. If you can't mm. scoop it, you could even scoop a lasagna. If you can't like scoop it, it's really not Cookies. a comfort food. Cookie dough. Cookie dough you can scoop. Who likes – nobody really likes the cookie more than the cookie dough. I mean, the part of it we really yes, like to No, scoop. I do like the cookie. You like the cookie better? I'm not better. a dough eater. I don't know why. Oh, I'm a dough eater. Salmonella. <laughs> don't eat it. Salmonella. But you see, you're back to the fear oh, base. You're back to the fear <laughs> yeah, he went base. right there, didn't he? Right. <laughs> not only the food itself, but the cookware. All right. The, <laughs> and there's pressure. I ran into a woman the other day, and she said to me, you know, I had a grandmother who was of this cultural heritage, and I had this other grandmother of this cultural heritage, and one of them used to whisper to me, 
she would make moral judgments about yeah. what was in people's shopping carts. Absolutely. And so she would do a running commentary at the checkout line <laughs> based on what was in the shopping cart. And I thought to myself, to be completely honest, I am looking. We do. We look. We can't help it. It's sort of like we're looking at them and we're going, oh, my God, I hope that this is like an end-of-life project because there's no other justification for buying what this woman is buying. My husband and I were going on a trip to West Virginia. I was giving a lecture, and he said, I want snacks for the car. And so I'm buying, like, little peanut butter, you know, pre-processed things, horrible, horrible things, dole fruit cups, I'm, you know. And there is a woman from our department who is buying only organic free-range, homeschooled food products. And she's looking at me like I have, like Nick Cage filling the cart with liquor. On your way to prison. On the the way to to leaving Las Vegas, like the whole thing. And I just decided I could either explain to her we're going on a long trip and this is really just because Michael has a little blood sugar and we need And I thought, I'm just going, hi, how are you today? What's going on? You know, Did you eat the stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Because we needed a snack and I yep. was not going to bring like a kale shake. So, and I really <laughs> think that was in West Virginia, we felt right uh, at home. So I want you to read a little bit of, of this particular essay that you wrote because mm. of the food schmooze. Yeah. I think it deserves that. So go ahead. You okay. just, you so choose. So here's, here's one of the items that homemade, like sustainable, does not guarantee delicious Right? I mean, people say, oh, it's homemade. It's like, have you seen some people's houses? <laughs> have you visited their kitchens? Do you want to eat the stuff that's made there? Homemade is not always a compliment. The same goes for made with love. Have you seen some people's love? Do you <laughs> really want that to be the main ingredient? <laughs> Remember, there's a reason analysts call some relationships toxic. Uh, so it's grilled like sustainable or homemade does not always guarantee delicious. Although some folks know what they're doing, some people just pour half a can of lighter fluid onto a metal container which happens to be on their decks and they're not exactly master chefs. They just might be nascent pyromaniacs who found strip steak on sale. It might be good to bring along some potato salad just in case because it can be scooped. So, I mean, it just goes along that way. And there are the same kinds of essays go on for relationships. I have an essay about, you know, how in those cigarette ads, like when you quit cigarettes, that for the first two hours you'll feel better because your lungs will start to clear. In the first two days you'll feel better because you'll start to breathe more easily. In the first six months you'll feel better because your nerve endings will become more. I mean, the same thing goes with breaking up in a relationship. So I do the breakup timeline in the same way, that you'll stop phoning in the middle of the night with angry calls to see if somebody else is in bed with your former partner after two and a half weeks. You will be able to have entire conversations where you can run through an entire meal without weeping. It really... Very good idea. A guidebook. I I read this book in a restaurant. I was eating by myself, and I brought the book along, and I was howling, sitting at my table by myself in this Greek restaurant, On the North Fork of Long Island, I thought, well, I have the author's email. And so I started doing a running commentary Uh on each essay saying, well, you know, I feel the same way about this. This is so funny. And what about this? And So we had a whole dialogue. It was really, really fun. It was a great conversation, Faith. Thank you. So um, Gina Barreca, author of If You Lean In, Will Men Just Look Down Your Blouse? And um, a well-deserved title for this book of essays that cruises through love and romance, men and women and food. 
And, of course, you know that Gina Barreca is a professor at the University of Connecticut, uh, English, and also columnist for the Hartford Current, uh, one of the longest surviving guests on this show. <laughs> we, we have, somehow we are still here. I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, okay, here's what we're going to do. We've got a break coming up, and we have Gina staying with us for this whole show, and we have all kinds of things coming your way. This wine discovery. Chris Prosperi just got us in the mood for sandwiches, mm-hmm. and we have Alex Province talking about what it's like to do one of these mail-order food systems. The food arrives in the mail, and then you cook it according to their instructions. I want to hear what it was like for him to try one of these things out. So that and so much more, Barbara Pearson, White Flower Farm herbs and vegetables. We're going to tell you all that stuff. First, more mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org and we'll be right back. Okay, hope that first bite of the food schmooze felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. We have a free podcast for you, meaning you'll never miss a drop of pleasure. Just sign up for our show once at our site, and then we'll automatically send you our show every week so you can listen on your schedule. There are lots, a growing number of us who listen that way on our time. Others like to just listen on the radio, but many people will listen based on their schedules. And to make it easy for you, we've joined the crowd offering this podcast to you. It's free, of course. So you just go to our site. And at the site, you can also discover our delicious curated food, wine, cocktails, events, all of our recommendations, information about our guests on the show, our book that we're featuring, which is Gina Barreca's book, If You Lean In, Will Men Just Look Down Your Blouse? foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province, and our special guest, Gina Barreca, who is a columnist of the Hartford Current, also author of the book I just mentioned, and speaks all over the country. Okay, here we go. I want to get to this wine recommendation. So, Alex, we've discovered two wines that are great gift wines. You go to someone's house. I want to talk about this for a second. 
It really just depends on what you can afford, of course, or what you think this person would would enjoy. But there is this whole issue of going to somebody's house and feeling like this person is being generous to me. The host doesn't expect something. But if you're looking for a gift wine or host wine, we have found two beautiful whites. We're going to start with Alex's. Alex, your wine is called? So it's Paul Kubler, and that's the guy's name. It's out of Alsace, France, and it's a Pinot Gris, so G-R-I-S, which is really French for Pinot Grigio. And Pinot is a little pine, and they, you know, Pinot means pine, and they call it that because the bunches sort of grow really tight and long like a pine cone, and then it has like a gray hue to it on the outside of the grapes. So the Italians call it Grigio, and the French call it Gris. I had, I thought that those were mm-hmm. two completely separate wines. I didn't know that. Same, same, same. Yep. And Alsace is really close to Germany, which is kind of fitting that we're doing a German wine. If you talk to the French, they'll say, well, our style of making wines in this region are drier. They're designed to go with food. They have more minerals and less residual sugar and more alcohol. So for people who like Pinot Grigio, don't be scared. Try a Pinot Gris. It's the same. These are both around $30, depending on what your wine store is going to do, a little above, a little below. But around $30, that's why we mean it. This is a birthday present wine. Congratulations for your engagement. If you know someone likes white wine, and this one is very dry, and yet it has this mineral richness to it. Do you think? And because of that mineral richness, it goes with. Every, I mean, so many. I shouldn't say every kind They're of food. They're food wines. They're total food wines. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to interrupt because yeah. I usually think of an Alsace as something yeah. that would go with a pate or that would be very yeah. sweet. But you're saying this isn't. No, mm, it's no. not. Let me take a... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, so the French drink and eat together. So their wines complement food. Here's what's amazing about our market. United States have the coolest wine shops in the world. And no other place can you walk in and find the best wines from around the world. If you're in France, you'll find great French wines. If you're in Spain, you'll find great Spanish wines. We have every wine. You walk into a great wine shop, there's every every wine. And I look at a bottle as like a as a bottle that should go with the food. So, you know, for example, that Pinot Gris, I'm thinking it's not something you would drink every day, but it's something that on a weekend or as a gift, you cook a really special dinner, beautiful salmon. What do you think it goes with? I, I thought I'm doing a pan fried salmon. I was going to say I think it would. Yeah, I, absolutely. So, would you, know, you Asian ever, food's fun too? Yeah, because this is dry and it's white. Would you ever cross into the red territory? Would you ever have a Pinot Gris with pizza or, or yeah, those rules uh, red pasta? Yeah, those rules sort of have gone away now in the sense that you know a lighter red can be almost lighter in body than a heavy white. Mm-hmm. And so you get this graying of places where Pinot Grigio, you know, with chicken, or you could do Pinot Noir with chicken, but uh, people are having fish with Pinot Noir, that's red, which in James Bond era, he would be the spy. Right. That'd be bad. <laughs> right. You'd be the person who was just let out of somewhere who was able to, you would distinguish yeah. that but one. But salmon and Pinot Noir is like one of the greatest combinations. Yeah. yeah. Pinot Gris with a grilled steak can work too. Sure it can. Oh, we yeah. had it with ham, actually. Yeah. See? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So, Gina, I was thinking about your lasagna. Gina Oof. makes a killer lasagna. Oof. And I was I'm thinking, you know, would I have this white with a lasagna, I would happily do it. First of all, I don't care about the rules. Sometimes right. I just want a thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anybody's serving me. It's just fine. I can find some element in the wine usually mm-hmm. to pick up a note in the food. 
I would have it with your lasagna. You think be- it would stand up to that? Well, you have sausage in there. Right, the sausage and there's the a lot cheese, of cheese. And the red sauce is what would normally throw you off, but there is sometimes a way that I like to do opposites. Mm, so I it. want the dry to go against the richness of right. your ingredients. So it would Cleaning be really Cleaning out fun. your mouth, that's exactly right. Mm. So that's online. And we tell you what to say at your wine store so that you can call ahead. We've got a picture of the labels. And that is at foodschmooze.org. Okay, we've got one more host gift or gift wine. And again, it's in this $30 category. Normally, we're $20 and under, sometimes $15 and under. But this is also a really delicious wine. And it is from Alsace. And it is called Schloss Johannesburg. And it's a Riesling. It's a 2014 this is a Riesling that is dry, although it's floral. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, because again, a floral, that's what I was thinking. Like that would go with a pate or with, with something like... Pork chop. Pan-fried pork, pork chop. chop with apples and uh, mm. some nutmeg and maybe a little cream sauce. Would be delicious. Yeah, because mm. I have never been able to get for all of my affection for different kinds of wine, and I'm, I'm yeah. pretty promiscuous when it comes to this uh-huh. stuff. That this is where, for if we do a tasting menu, for example, at a restaurant, which we've done, like you know, down at Blaze or something in New York, and I will ask for that to be substituted, and everybody looks at me in horror, and I always feel like, give me a diet coke because <laughs> I'm just not going to have this. Gina, I, let me pour this. All right, in your glass but again, see. I do, if I make a face, you're going to understand that I'm really no. there's so so I'm just so pouring a quarter. Coke, inch in your glass as we do here okay for me that's too again the floral the little bit too you like bone dry that was a little clingy oh that's an interesting word so that was alex's this is not sweet at all yeah but it's floral it's almost like you can taste a flower in here but i love what gina's saying it's not for me yeah that, that's I'm 100 percent with arguing. that, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the coolest thing about drinking wine these days, right? I have only been drinking white wines recently, so it doesn't matter what I'm eating at home. So if I'm having a steak or a chicken or here's fish where the food or, pairing magic doing, happens. Yeah. So, so you take a beautiful. Um, not everyone likes foie gras, but mm. if you do like foie gras, yep. you pan sear it. Now it's full of fat mm-hmm. and it's rich and it's melting in your mouth. Now you try that with a white wine like a sauterne, which is too sweet on its own, you pair that now with the this like melting thing in your mouth, and all of a sudden you create this cloud. It's like becomes nebulous. That's the food pairing. So yeah, a lot that's... of wines you don't like necessarily on their own. It's like being an interior designer where you're like, I don't like orange. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, let me put this like little pillow on this like couch. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I... now it's different. Well, wines are the same. They're condiments. In the right context, it really, really works. I know, but although, but it's I'm going to... great I'm, description. I'm, no, it is. It's a, it's a beautiful description, and I think that that's right. And as you were saying that, I remember a friend of mine in high school's mother had a passion for interior design, although she wasn't very good at it, but she painted this poor girl's room like a turquoise blue, which she hated, <laughs> and no, then put on her bed a orange furry monkey. This kid hated going home. She hated the blue and she hated the orange furring mm. monkey, but your mother insisted it was there like to make the colors pop. Mm. And I feel like it's the same thing. It's like it's supposed to pop, but for me it doesn't pop. It's a different thing, but I'm very glad to have somebody even understanding that it's meant to happen that way. For yeah. some of us, we just can't reach that point. Yeah. And or, so, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not even sure to what degree is this education and to what degree do you, even in the happen? end, having this knowledge in the end, do you say, you know, still, I like what I like? We talk about this a lot about why are you eating today? 
Like if you're sitting down with a group of people, why are you there? Are you there because – here's a good example. I went out to dinner with some friends the other day, and we hadn't seen each other in five years. So here's a group that were really tight years ago, and we haven't seen each other in a long time. The wine, the food was a background to what we mm-hmm. were doing. You could have given us uh, chili and, I don't know, beer and a red wine, white wine, and it wasn't why we were there. But sometimes, like Alex was saying, sometimes you're going out for a food experience, like a tasting menu or something like that, where the food now is more in the front than in the back like it was for me and my four friends that went out? That's a fascinating comment. I love that you brought that up. It can happen when you go to one of these, um, we would call them temples Mm -hmm. of high art in food, that if you're with your friends and they still are the most important thing at the table and you're really having a good time and enjoying the food too and Mm -hmm. thinking, isn't this exquisite we're doing together? You might pause for several moments over these various courses, but then you get right back to what you're doing. The wait staff at the temple, they don't know what to do Mm. because they're used to people coming in a hushed way to sit at the altar. You really want to say, I so respect this art and I'm loving it, but this is not my only experience in this room. This back to the food is religion idea, yes. where yes. you really can't in your go. Book. Right. Yes. Exactly. You so it's there. fun where those things come together, though. Like it, on your trip to Italy, you guys will be at these beautiful harvest tables eating with these Italian farmers or food that grandmothers cooked. And now drinking this wine that you might not like here, but when it all comes together in that context, that's heaven. I just yeah. love, love, yeah. love that. And then you can bring this bottle back and be like, it doesn't quite taste the same when I was in Italy, but it's part of a context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to that, you know, that's when I love the combination of food and wine the best. And the, You're and still it's laughing. I, no, when I don't notice it. Mm. It goes oh. back to something Jacques Pepin said once in an article. It was Wine Spectator. They asked him, what's his favorite wine right now today? And he said, the one I don't have to talk about. And I think what it to me what he meant was I love the wine that can be there as part of my experience, part of the meal, and yet we're still talking about our lives and we don't have to be here picking the wine apart because yeah. I don't think that's why the winemaker made it or right or uh-huh. the chef that's I don't think that's why the chef did that dish not so you can sit there and say I like why the you, nuances as a chef, of this. Chris, and, why do you think the chef made the dish? To make you happy. Yeah. To be part of your experience. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd still say it. My favorite meals that I've ever had in my life have to do with who I was with and where I was above the food. That's really fascinating. Yeah. I think that's a great right? I think that's a great huh. story. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is about sharing. Yeah. Right. It's like going on vacation without your spouse and you, all you want is them to be with you to yeah. see the same stuff. If you're yep. seeing it without anyone, it's sort of like, well, you yeah. miss it. You sharing. want to see it on it's, your partner's face. And connection. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. you're connecting with the food and the wine if you're, you're an alcohol drinker. So you're connecting with the food, let's say. And then you're connecting with your atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And But you're really connecting with the person across the table the and, most. And that's where food really is different from the sharing of food. And I think that's one of the reasons that, I mean, if we're going to go back to the religious, why food has always been part of so many actual religious experiences, why there's communion, why people break bread. And you know, this is because it does bring us together because it's such a shared yeah. experience to eat from the same plate is to really be part of the same community. It's personal, right? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't like to eat in front of 
most people because I'm afraid I have stuff in my teeth or whatever. But when you're <laughs> eating family, with people, your family, you don't care. You come close. Well, yeah. isn't that a measure? When I'm not nervous about how I'm look, how I look when I'm eating, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I know that that's a sign that I'm completely relaxed yeah. with mm-hmm. these people, and I can yeah. you know truly quote unquote be myself. Yeah. Eating the ribs with your hands. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I can I can always remember hearing people say in interviews and stuff, we can come to world peace if we're doing it around a dinner table. Mm-hmm. We can solve world problems if we're sharing a meal. What would right? what would Khrushchev and Kennedy? There's certain people in right? the audience right now who are yeah. saying who. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Kennedy, what would they have eaten if yeah. they'd sat, sat down See? and a lot banged of, shoes a lot on the table? Vodka. Right? <laughs> a lot of but, vodka. I mean, yeah. And that could have solved problems by sharing the vodka and, the, and right? Maybe they had some caviar. And maybe caviar a steak. And maybe a, yeah. steak maybe yeah. a steak that yeah. was a sharing Clint, of together. Chowder, yeah. the East and the Things West. with cabbage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers for on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party every week. And to find terrific food, wine, cocktail, restaurant, hot topics, our short, fun streaming videos, and recipes we feature, plus Gina Bareka's book. She's our special guest. And that book is If You Lean In, Will Men Just Look Down Your Blouse? We're always online at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. have one more mouth-watering bite of the food schmooze coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on. More food schmooze. Take me outside, sit in the green garden, nobody out there, but it's okay now, bathing in the sunlight, don't mind if rain falls, take me outside, sit in the green garden. This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life, coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and the Hamptons. Of course, the senior producer, the woman we love, is Robin Doyen Aiken. To hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at Food Schmooze, spell it like school, S-C-H, foodschmooze.o. RG and talk with us on Facebook too. We're going to get into fruits, vegetables. Tell us what you're growing on Facebook or if you have a tip about something you do in your vegetable garden or with your herbs right now, we would love to know it. We're really into this because this is the time. So that's Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on Facebook. We'd love to get that conversation started because I know I need advice. Okay, Barbara Pearson is here. I want to remind you I'm with Alex Province, our wine broker, Chris Prosperi, chef at Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. Gina Bereka, 
Long time ancient contributor on this. <laughs> I take that personally. <laughs> Very young looking. If you, her book is called her new book of essays. If you lean in, will men just look down your blouse? And it is well worth reading. We have it posted on the site. Barbara Pearson is here, also a long time contributor to the show. She is director of the, all the nursery operations at one of my favorite places, White Flower Farm. We are awash in this region in one. Wonderful nurseries. We have so many, some specialized among them, and one of the best, certainly, White Flower Farm in Litchfield County. So, Barbara, welcome back. Thank you, Faith. It's great to be here. The aroma in the room is unbelievable <laughs> because We're in a jungle. Barbara comes with, and yes, she creates a jungle in the studio. So, there's one thing that is kind of new, and I want to say this if you're thinking about growing vegetables, maybe you do it all the time, maybe you've never done it before, or you say, I just want to grow the thing I use the most, and maybe that's lettuce. What is this? This is a whole basket of beautiful lettuces. What is that? It's beautiful, isn't it? It's called Simply Salad Summer Picnic Mix. It's five different types of leaf lettuces, green and chartreuse. I mean, the colors are beautiful, but it comes in an eight-pack. So we actually sow the seeds. Oh, you do this? We do it at White Flower Farm. All you have to do is plant it in a container, and it's cut and come again. And I love that phrase, cut and come again. I thought in life, wouldn't that be amazing? This is like the gift that keeps on giving. Well, it should be a shirt. It really just wonderful. I mean, definitely. And I can attach to how good I the lettuce do that mix shirt. is because it's sitting right next to me, White, and I'm snacking on it. White Flower Farm <laughs> should do this shirt. It should say White Flower Farm on the back, yeah. and on the front it should say Cut Couldn't and Come, come again. again. So that means simply that you pick it once. Do you want to cut it with scissors? Does that matter? It doesn't but you matter. pick it once. So it doesn't bolt, which means that it goes kind of to seed. It stops. It's dead. And so when we plant lettuces in our gardens, we grow them in Excessive periods so that you have them all summer long until it gets really, really hot, right? Exactly. This is different. Yeah. If you cut it before it goes into flower and keep cutting it. So really the thing about lettuce is make sure you're constantly harvesting it and then it won't go into flower. These are late bolting varieties. So they're really varieties that are going to wait to go into seed until later until it gets really hot. So this August, is perfect. Right? August? Perfect. Yeah. Oh, well, depending on where you live. Right. Because you could be in a cool August place. So for picnics something. in the summertime. Yeah, summer yeah, picnic. Summer mm. picnic. Mm. Okay, cool. It's great, really close to your door. You know, uh-huh. just keep going out there and harvesting. Oh my god, they have Mexican sour gherkins. <gasps> oh, they're Mex- so like, Oh my delicious. god, Mexican sour gherkins. They look they're, like little watermelons. But what are they? They're, they're uh, little cucumbers, yeah. and oh they actually god. taste like they've already been pickled. It's a vine. They're oh, so productive. Okay. Yeah. It is one of my absolute favorites. So you could plant that if you have an arbor. Yeah. Could you plant Bunker. it with flowers, Barbara? You can plant it with flowers and, and so you could have it would drip these little how big are they they're round or they're about an inch long oh, oh wow. yeah yeah oh they look like little watermelons cool. but they're little cute i feel like I should, white on I, the feel like I should yes. explain yeah. to the listeners that all of these people are sitting here with catalogs <laughs> when you're when you're hearing people talk that's what they're doing <laughs> they're looking at catalogs. page 131 so, so for a lot of people who like fruits and vegetables and flowers even if you don't do it this catalog Catalog is an exercise in dreaming for all of us who, who like this stuff. And I do do some of them. For instance, that lettuce, on my list. So help us to understand which of these things, any of the things that are in the room right now, could we do a window box 
Oh, that's oh, that rosemary for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, the rosemary. I just called it rosemary. That's I know, a joke. Rosemary. At home, we call it rosemary. <laughs> it's rosemary, but we like it's like Sir La Top. Okay. Yeah. So, so rosemary sur is table. actually yeah, Sir La Table. My Ro- rosemary. Rosemary is actually a prostratus, so it cascades down. A window box is perfect for herbs. Really, it is absolutely yeah. perfect. You can just put all your little herbs in a it window needs box. Sunlight, though, right? You with, definitely with need flowers? sun. With flowers? oh, they're great with flowers. What are these little flowers? Because I've then never it's, done that. You know, it's practical and beautiful at the same time. I love it. I brought. Will some... it still look good? Because oh, you're absolutely. picking the herbs, but they're hidden by the. Flowers hidden by the flowers. But don't use like poisonous flowers. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, you don't want deadly nightshade. Okay, so lemongrass. What could we use yeah, in the I window mean, box? You here, brought lemongrass. Well, lemongrass is perfect as a central element in a mm. mixed container. So instead of having a dracaena or some other little spiky thing, What's that? that spike that you the see, tallest thing oh yeah, in the you know, in containers, yeah. you're going to do lemongrass and then surround mm. it with other herbs. Is it perennial? Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Mm. It's it is not flowers. perennial here. So you're going to bring that in the house. Yeah. You're going to take your rosemary. herb container, same with the rosemary, not hardy here. Yeah. So you're going to bring it in the house for the winter Although and then just bring it back my rosemary lasted this winter. Oh, nice. Weirdly. Okay, so that gets taken in at the end of the year. If we're growing lemongrass, anyone here, oh. chime in. What could, what food? Because Barbara Pearson of White Flower Farm, you love to cook, I know. Walking you- ride shrimp. So you take mm. shrimp oh, and yeah. saute it in a, in a hot oil, and then you take the bottoms of the lemongrass and you smash it with a hammer so it breaks it up, and then you just do a real quick so chop of it. So you cut it off yeah. and do the you use bottom? the bottom part, the white, whiter part, and then you chop that really fine and throw that in with the shrimp when you're sauteing it, like when you add your garlic and your scallions, and it and adds a lemony. Or do you yeah. want to do it when no, it's you want to flash it. You want to flash fry it with your garlic and your onions and that kind of stuff. Before you mm. put in the shrimp? Yes, before you put in the shrimp okay. and then throw and in your shrimp and whatever what about oh. raw because uh, i use it raw in salad dressings so in if you the wanna, dressing yeah, but, but not again, the salad no, no, itself no, but you want to smash it up it. you want to pound it and that releases it the aromatics mm. of the thing crushes if you itself crush it right? you crush right. it with anything a spoon or yeah. you know really it's great to <laughs> infuse vodka Oh, with yeah. lemongrass. Oh. Oh. Lemon-flavored vodka. Now you're talking. Okay. So how do you do that? Yeah. Just wash it, put it in vodka? Yeah. So if you were doing a drink, we hear from people about, we've been doing this lately on the show. I'm trying to think of people who don't have alcohol. What could lemongrass go in? For instance, could you mix cucumber and crush a little lemongrass and with club soda and make this low-cal, delicious, mm-hmm. fragrant oh, club soda? Yes, and it's great in tea. So I know people who, you know, make their own tea and then they'll flavor it with lemongrass and then maybe some stevia. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay. So you could have a window box as your tea box and only have the herbs that you would make in tea, right? Mm -hmm. And you would use mint. You'd put stevia in there, lemongrass, and this one window box in the kitchen, in front of the kitchen. Just reach in there, pick it, and make your tea, fresh herb tea. Let me go to the basil. You brought this gorgeous basil plant. This is something that I've been reading about. I love to go online and look at garden hacks, and we've been doing them on the show where they tell you these tricks and tips the way you do when you're on the show, Barbara Pearson. And, and I, I learn stuff. It just gets me excited that people have figured these things out. So this is a normal basil, right? Or what is this? Is it this is. Well, this is actually a special basil, uh-huh. and it's called Caesar. And it's an Italian basil, but it's disease resistant. Oh, very cool. Because a lot of the basils will melt down when you get a lot of yeah. rain and, you know, they just go all brown. Yeah. This really stands up to the weather 
And it's it's a super strong basil, but it's also Italian. So it's you called get a Connecticut that. basil. Yeah. That's <laughs> so you need a strong basil here. Caesar, <laughs> Caesar basil. And basil it's an Caesar. Italian varietal, variety? Mm-hmm. Okay, meaning from seeds from Italy originally? When no, they were... no, it's just the name of the variety, but oh. the, the flavor is Italian. It's an Italian type of basil. Well, the other ones that are easy to grow don't have the classic Italian flavor, <gasps> but this one does. See, this so is basil Caesar. So why it's the right thing oh, to go this. there. So this basil in mm. the garden hack things online, I learned that if you're toward the end of the season, you can pull... Cut off the basil and put it in a glass of the stems and everything Mm -hmm. and put it in a glass of water. Wait a few days. It sprouts. And then you put it in soil. Mm -hmm. And I want you to explain this to us. Mm -hmm. And then you get to have basil growing through into the cold months Mm -hmm. if you've got a very sunny window. Can you, is that, am I describing this the right way? It's absolutely true because it has a square stem just like coleus. So anything that has a square stem like that, you can cut, put it in a glass of water. Eventually, it will root. But basil indoors, you really need high light. So you can't do it in a in a room that doesn't get good light. That's so the only thing. I it mean, would it's be doable. A southern exposure, yeah. heated porch. It mm-hmm. would be a window mm-hmm. that's mostly southern exposure yep. all day. And make and- sure you don't let it go to flower before you do your rooting because once basil goes into flour the whole flavor changes and it, it doesn't oh. taste the same how do you keep it from going you cut Pinch cut cut yeah keep cutting that's, that's never no a problem, problem. In my yeah i was gonna <laughs> yeah. my yeah. almost look like sticks yeah, yeah. i do i love basil yeah. basil i do use right on the mm-hmm. tomato yeah basil with a tomato oh. uh, that's uh, one i like tomatoes, tomatoes. Oh, we've gotten into the subject of tomatoes Okay, Barbara. <laughs> I, I want to say oh. that that White Flower Farm is, you've got a tomato celebration, which is a very cool thing. You'll see this around our region, by the way, uh, lots and lots of tomato celebrations. I know people who give tomato dinner parties where they grow so many varieties and everybody comes and they have tomato everything. So you've got a tomato celebration at White Flower Farm in Litchfield. We do. It's in May. It's May 20th, 21st, and 22nd. There's there's over a hundred varieties of tomatoes. Do you have any new tomato that were? Oh my god! Mortgage Lifter was our a hundred varieties. Mortgage hundred varieties. Mortgage Lifter was the last one that we really liked, right? Exactly. So what is it? Isn't that a great Lifter, name? Mortgage Lifter. It's an heirloom from that period. So it, it so. is. It is. There's a great story behind Mortgage Lifter, and Chris was also mentioning Cherokee Purple, which yeah. is one of my absolute favorite heirlooms, and it's dark and delicious. Okay, so so wh- there's you know lots of new varieties. Um, that give people me, can give me your from. most flavorful, most flavorful. high impact. The one where you say, "I want to be eating a lot of this this summer." You know, you only have so much space in your garden. What, Taking what, mayonnaise and uh, yeah, it's hard to pick me, your favorite child. But so non cherry, okay. So not including yeah. sun gold, which oh, is my best, uh, my number one, my number one. Right then, for me, my second is Brandywine Red. Oh yeah, the big fat giant beautiful tomato so uh, this is worth repeating so brandywine red Mm -hmm. this is worth repeating because um this taught me so much the last time you were on the show i love sun gold barbara told me because i went three years and i would do the sun gold and i would taste them and i would be so disappointed and i didn't understand why i'd be going to these garden centers and getting 
it turns out I'm not getting Sun Gold tomatoes. What's what's the key to this? What you have to be sure of these are the little is sweet to, cherry is tomatoes to make okay. sure that it actually is Sun Gold. Okay. The Sun Gold variety. There's a lot of small little cherries that they might call Sun Gold that actually mm, that are aren't yellow, Sun Gold. Are not, they're yellow. They're not orange. So how can you tell? How could somebody who's not that, you know, uh, informed? Just know who you're buying your tomatoes ah, okay. from. There's so many great local sources where you're going to talk to the person and they're going to tell you, yes, this is the orange cherry tomato. This is Sun Gold. So I say to them, I want the real Sun Gold. Right. No counterfeit. Not, not, <laughs> That's it. Not a version That's right. of the sun gold. I right. want the real sun gold that is incredibly sweet. Yes. Okay. Orange, and it's just Good. so prolific. You you have so many on a plant. It's our number one seller every year. Mm. Is it? Yes. By it's because we love sugar. Bounds. Now I want We one. love sugar. Yeah. Hey, hey, Faith, there's a new one here called the Iron Lady Julia Child Tomato. <laughs> So I've been reading it. So, 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 I want that one. Barbara, tell me yes. about that. Well, it's actually two different oh, ones. Oh, it's two different ones. Okay. There's Julia Child and there's also Iron Lady. Oh, and Iron Lady is oh, becoming a- very popular, but they really do go well together. So I wish that was the name of it. But Julia Child and Iron Lady are both kind of medium-sized like slicing tomatoes that are delicious. Uh-huh. So okay. they're really great. Okay, so we have about a minute to go. Here's the thing. We promised you, Alex has been trying one of these mail-order food things where they send you the ingredients. You're reading a lot about this. And he decided with his husband, Matt, to try this out. And so the food comes every week. And you've really enjoyed it. Oh, my gosh. But we're running out of time, and I don't want to cut this short. So would you talk about it next week with us? Because I want to hear the experience of this. Okay. Barbara... Pearson of White Flower Farm. Real, it's so exciting. The quickly, what are these? Just name them for me. We've and got then. rosemary prostratus, lemon thyme, basil Caesar, the big strong basil, Le- lemon thyme lemon on the time. chicken, lemon thyme, lemon thyme on the oof, chicken or oof, the fish. Oof, it's so beautiful, and yeah, it's a pretty fish, plant oh, yeah. too. Yeah, and now these are all these can go in your window box because we're doing this theme of window box. So for beauty, but also practical, you could pick it and put it on your food. Boy, there's absolutely. Like Chris it. is just going to open his window oh and stick God. his hand through. And I want to put <laughs> strawberry put. red wonder in. Why my does anyone box? even have a lawn? Why wouldn't you just like <laughs> fill it with exactly? Exactly. This is my kind of person here. Gina's, Gina's yeah. husband would not be out there mowing on his John Deere tractor. He'd just be out there picking. Right, be out there harvesting. We've got to get him farmer genes. Exactly, like... exactly. <laughs> okay, thanks to all of you. We're talking about Alex Province, Chris Prosperi, Metro Beast, and Simsbury, Barbara Pearson of White Flower Farm, May 20th tomato celebration, Gina Barreca, author of If You Lean In, Will Men Just Look Down Your Blouse, her book of essays, which has just come out. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. Join the conversation with us. We're always up for a good time online at foodschmooze.org. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton.
this is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.